You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Well met, fellow adventurers. So, previously, the the Silvercrest had a whole lot of stuff happen to them during Proving Grounds 5. And it, it, it resulted in me being the leader of the Silvercrest. And then, Teak and Idriscar got themselves captured by a stone, got themselves captured by a spider troll, spider troll, unfriendly neighbourhood spider troll, well not in a neighbourhood, actually in Fogra Forest, and they uh, got all stuck, stuck together and would have been eaten, but I saved them. Now they spent a while recovering from that, now it's time to get back into the monster slaying business. Monster slaying for fun and profit and XP points! Ventures for this location. Back in it business. For the past hour, Isuscar has been telling you all about a particularly strange problem plaguing the shop of Midwin Northmorn. Here we go. Teak frowns, rises from his seat, and empties his nearly full bowl, bowl of steaming stew back into the pot resting on the edge of the table. The others, including Prithan, those interesting concoction, serves as tonight's supper, pay him no notice as they continue the conversation that began long before the four of you sat down to today's. Last meal. Hmm. Putting the stew back? Oh, that's not very British at all. I mean, once food gets on your plate or in your bowl, you are honour bound to finish it. Honour bound. And if you didn't think it would be nice, maybe you should have put a smaller amount in in the first place. And also... It's not hygienic. You're putting it back in the back in the pot. Ah, 
not hygienic at all. One must not conduct an enterprise such as ours on purely charitable terms, says Pritham, casting a quick glance at Aeswistar. Withan wouldn't have allowed it. I'm sure you, Zoop, can see the enduring wisdom in that. As, kind, as kindly as I can endeavour to put it, the old miser needs to pay the full amount. For the past hour, Isfrikar has been telling all of you about a particularly strange problem plaguing the shop of Midwin Northwood. Northwood. Ever met Widron Zoop? said Isfrikar, repeating a question he posed to you less than an hour ago. He's got the shop full of useless junk. Just down the alley on the southern side of Blade Square. It's a nice enough start, I suppose. He's just a little bit. Prithan gets up and fetches himself a third helping of his questionable stew. He then retakes his seat, leans across the table towards you, and shakes his head. Ridron is a mis is miserable. In every conceivable sense of the word, he says, his cellar supposedly has some beasts living it, though I'm quite doubtful that it's anything beyond a handful of rats. He'd give us a job of hunting down whatever he thinks it is, knowing it will tend to the rats as well. Then we don't come up with a carcass of some fantastical creature who will stand firm, saying he's not obliged to pay. He's not called Midrum the Miser for nothing. After Prithian, Isquidar and Teak fill you in on some of their previous encounters with Midrum, it is decided that the Silver Quest, so not to disperse, besmirch its stalwart reputation, must investigate the cellar of Northwan curiosities. Having decided on that, you... As the leader of the Silver Quest, find yourself faced with a decision. Which of the four will you un which of the four of you will undertake the task? Almost immediately, your fellow members of the Silver Quest begin to produce a litany of reasons why they cannot presently take on the task at hand. The meagre excuses offered by Teak, Prithum and Isquidar, though not unexpected, are somewhat irksome. Okay, assign the job to Prithan. As if reciting from a well-rehearsed script, Prithan begins to detail you the present set of circumstances that prevent him from being considered for the job at hand. Despite the vague details supporting his claims, an obvious motive behind his embellished list of excuses you quickly grow weary of what you sense is becoming an argument with no conceivable end. Okay, Teak. Assign the job to Teak. As if reciting from a well-rehearsed script, Teak begins to detail for you the present set of circumstances that prevent him from being considered for the job at hand. Oh, come on, I saved your life! You owe me! Despite the vague details supporting his claim, an obvious motive behind his embellished list of excuses, you quickly go weary of what you sense is becoming an argument with no conceivable end. Okay, Istriskar, I don't think this will work. In fact, I'm almost certain 
but it's gonna do it so I can have clicked all the buttons. As if reciting from a well-rehearsed script, Iskridar begins to detail for you the present set of circumstances that prevent him from being considered for the job at hand. Despite the vague details supporting his claims and obvious motive behind his embellished list of excuses, you quickly glow weary of what you sense is becoming an argument with no conceivable end. All right. Decide to take on the job yourself. With no desire to enter in a put into a prolonged argument with your three fellow members of the Silver Crest, you decide you will take on the job yourself. As Teak, Prithim and Iskridar busy themselves with nothing of any particular importance, you set about preparing for the task at hand. Within the hour, you're standing in the middle of the, of the cluster filled room at the back of Moodrum Northam's shop. The white haired man, his fierce eyes, regarding you with a look that seems to suggest an equal measure of disdain and suspicion, tells you that the noises coming from his cellar have, of late, become quite worrisome. Your friend Prithran. What's me to believe it's rats, he says, shaking his head. I told him that Widwell would not have put me, put me off so. I do believe this, Alfred, yes. Well, perhaps you'll take the situation more seriously. Care to have a look in the cellar? Widwell leads you down a short hall and into the small square room. There, he pulls open a wooden hatch, revealing a sturdy ladder. Descending into darkness. You brought your own light, I suppose. You'll need it. Let me know what you find. And mind that I only pay for a job done to my satisfaction. I don't easily part with my gold. Save in those cases where a person in my employ has earned it, of course. Without waiting for your response... The unpleasant old man turns and strides out of the room, leaving you on your own in front of the open hatch. Realising the sooner you make a search of the cellar, the sooner you'll be able to leave the shop, you promptly climb down into the dark. You're standing at the base of a sturdy ladder that climbs up and out of the cellar, through the open hatch at the top of the ladder, you can hear what sounds like Mudrun rearranging the clutter that fills his shop. And presumably listening in and checking and <laughs> listening and checking that I sound busy. The cellar passage the north and south here. Plunging plunging the cellar passage continues the north and south here, plunging into the mist musty gloom in both directions. You have no desire to leave the cellar until you've discovered the unsettling noise Midrum has posted. Okay, I'm on the west side. And this dungeon is got like shaped like a hash. Almost. Almost like a hash. There's two out there's two outcoasts to the north, two outcoasts to the east, and two outcoasts to the south. But the the gap in the the western Ashes filled in. And then there's a two, two little gap in the middle. 
make your way through the musty gloom of the cellar beneath Woodrum's shop. The sudden sound of something moving along the passage just beyond the range of your light sets your nerves on edge. Moments later, you breathe a sigh of relief as a large, though not too large, rat scurries out of the gloom ahead. Attack the rat. Wish forward and attack the rat. It's a diseased rat. And it is slain. Yeah, so really, okay, this is a bit of a downgrade after after saving the world from a from centuries of darkness. Darkness brought about by a conspiracy. By the by a by a centuries long con- conspiracy led by a dragon of shadow. Yeah. Bit bit of a de-escalation. Big massive dragon, tiny rat. Big massive dragon, tiny rat. But yeah, that, that's just how things are sometimes. I mean, you can't expect everyone to be to be confronted. You can't expect people's problems to just happen to inc- happen to all involve monsters that just gets increasingly stronger in line with my own strength. What is this? <laughs> That'd be silly. Okay. So. It's another rat. Three-legged rat. What happened to the fourth leg? And it is slain. XP and... Okay. Sudden sound of something moving along the passage just beyond the range of your light sets your nerves on edge. Moments later, you breathe a sigh of relief. As a large, though not too large, rat scurries out of the gloom ahead. Attack the rat. It's another three-legged rat. And I slain it in one blow before it could get any hits in. Let's go. And it goes. And then it hits the wall. Yeah. (laughs) Silly rat. You should run away from me. No, actually, don't. Don't. I'll just be awkward. No, just actually, just keep trying to attack me all you want. I, I, I like just yeeting you into the wall. You step over the remains of the slain rat. It goes falling down, squeaking down the wall. And then you step over the remains of the slain rat and continue along the cellar passage. Alright, it's another rat. Attack the rat. This is a large rat. Right. The vicious rat snaps at you and is slain. (coughs) Splat. Big splatty rat pile. This rat has been splat. Oh, drat, said the rat as it was splat. And that was that. You step over the remains of the slain rat and continue along the cellar passage. Okay, there's an alcove to the north. This is in the northwest corner. And appears a small lever once protruded from the metal plate affixed to the back wall of this narrow alcove. A particular item may be of use here. Well, I ain't got it yet. Nothing I could put in a lever slot. 
It's another, it's another rat. A diseased rat. Yeah, I'm yeeted into the wall. Go away, you rat. 1xp. You step over the remains of the slain rat and continue along the cellar passage. Okay, north and northeast out, east side alcove, the first one. A long, let up, left, long iron lever. Stick shaft horribly rusted, protrudes from a metal fate plate affixed to the back wall of the shadow alcove. The lever has been pushed into its up position. Now pull it down. Despite your best effort, you're unable to budge the small lever. Okay, must be something I have to do first. Large iron grate is set into the centre of the floor in this section of the cellar passage. Peer down through the grate. You peer down through the grate and discover a wide channel filled with sluggish, fetid water. You immediately realise that Midwin's cellar sits directly over one of the many ancient sewer tunnels that pass beneath the streets of Twithick. You wonder if perhaps the noises the stout shopkeeper claims to have heard could be coming from the sewer tunnel. Climb down into the sewer tunnel. Despite several heroic attempts, you are unable to budge the iron grate. It appears to be somehow secured to the floor. Hmm. I mean, I guess you'd have that if you're in a sewer you want it to be secured tightly because you don't want things to come out of the sewers because there's probably all sorts of monsters down there it's another rat attack the rat so it goes splat large rat snaps at you another one xp okay Another alcove just to the south of the one I've been in. A long iron lever and thick shaft horribly rusted protrudes from a metal plate affixed to the back wall of the shallow alcove. The lever has been pushed into its up position. Pull the lever down. Despite your best effort, you're unable to budge the small lever. Alright. Hmm. What could it be? So... Those two eastern levers can't pull them next. It's another rat. It's a large rat. Slain in one go. I just... <laughs> smash. I just... Splash it into the floor. And you have rat bits just sailing off in all directions. <laughs> and it is slain. You step over the remains of the slain rat. Continue along the cellar passage. Okay. Tack. It's another rat. The sight you breathe a sigh for relief. It's a large, though not too large. Rat scurries out of the gloom ahead. Tack the rat. Three-legged rat. I mean, you're, you're doomed. Even if you had four legs, you'd be doomed. Even if you had twelve legs. Because then you'd be three rats. And it is slain. Another one XP. Suddenly. The edge of the cellar passage. You spot what appears to be a small iron lever. Resting, lying against the base of the wall. 
Believing the detached lever may prove somewhat useful, you promptly take possession of it. It's a small iron lever. This small iron lever is quite crude. Gonna use that now, so it will be in the the recently used box. With the small length of iron tucked in safely amongst your belongings, you resume your exploration of the cellar. Okay, there's an alcove to the south. A small iron lever protrudes from a metal plate affixed to the back of this narrow alcove. The lever is currently pushed up. Pull the lever down. You pull the small lever down. And now I'm going to pull it up. You pull it up. Pull it down. Alright, now I can put that lever... Having identified what you believe to be the source of the sounds plaguing Woodrum's spot shop, you could now climb out and report the task is complete if you wanted to. Well, he's not going to like that. Nope, nope, nope. Also, I've got to, I've got to see what the monster is. Attack the rat. It's another rat, a diseased rat, and it is slain for another one XP. Okay, use the lever in the lever slot. 32 experience, Sir General. You fit the small iron lever, lever into the opening in the metal plate. After fiddling with the lever for nearly a minute, you hear a soft click as the length of iron seats itself into a snug fitting somewhere behind the slotted plate. Okay, so the lever is currently... Small iron leader, you replace protrudes from the metal plate affixed to the back wall of this narrow alcove. The lever is currently pulled up. Pull it down. Pull the small lever down. Head back south. Okay. Now, it's another whack. Tap the whack. Quick combat. 1 XP. Now, these levers. A long iron lever, its thick shaft horribly rusted, protrudes from a metal plate affixed to the back wall of this shallow alcove. The lever has been pushed into its up position. Pull the lever down. With great effort, you managed to pull the lever down. Okay. Now, that was the northern of the eastern levers. Another wax has turned up. It's a large wax. And it snaps at me viciously. And 1xp. Right, the southern of the eastern levers. Pull it down. Okay, now I'm guessing I can go down through the grate. You peer down through the grate and discover a wide channel filled with sluggish, fetid water. You realise that Mudrun's cellar sits directly over one of the many ancient sewer tunnels pass beneath the streets of Twithick. You wonder if perhaps the noises the shopkeeper claims to have heard could be coming from the sewers. Climb down into the sewer tunnel. After struggling to lift the heavy grate, you carefully lower yourself into the sewer tunnel, the odour rising from the dark, sluggish, knee-deep water that throws through the channel is enough to make you want to wretch. 
First, you can see nothing beyond the range of your light in either direction along the dank tunnel. Then, slowly and ominously, the strange and unnerving sound of something sliding across stone reaches your ears. Moments after first hearing the unsettling noise, its hideous source suddenly appears out of the gloom. A devourer, its black, gruesome, slime-covered bulk, undulating as it hauls itself along the tunnel, makes a loud, gurgling sound as it approaches the giant sewer predator, its wound, cavernous mouth stretched wide as it swiftly swiftly bears down on you. Alright, there's a link to the devourer. Now, there are two types of devourer. We previously encountered the first the first type when back in Hawkclaw a few episodes ago. And the second type is a large, black, slime-covered, worm-like creature that dwells in dark, watery lairs where it fears on feeds on all manner of biological materials and refuse. A devourer's cavernous, wing-shaped mouth, though devoid of any teeth, is capable of delivering a crushing bite that can easily kill even very large prey. <gasps> That's me! I'm very large prey! I'm also a very large predator. And a very large being who is sort of agnostic to the entire thing. Rumours of devourers ploughing, prowling the maze of sewers beneath the streets of Trithic have existed for more than a couple of centuries and are now confirmed. With flight not an option, you draw yourself into a combat-ready stance and prepare to engage the massive tower. Begin combat with the devourer. Yes, but not me. Devourer surges forward and snaps its fearsome jaws at you. The savage bite of your enemy tears into your flesh for 16 damage. Yeah, now this is easy peasy. Because I think if you've unlocked this quest, there's pretty much no way you won't be able to do it. And it snaps its fearsome jaws some more. It's nearly done, nearly done, and slain. 7 XP. A foul stench rises up from the oozing carcass of the devourer. Struggling to catch your breath, you step back from the remains of the slain creature and quickly check over your equipment. Having sufficiently recovered from the fight, and confident you have eliminated the source of the strange sounds reported by Midwin, you scrape and claw your way out of the sewer tunnel and back into the shop's cellar. You promptly replace the heavy grate that serves as the only barrier between the cellar and the other perils likely prowling the channel below. Okay, now I guess time to make my way back. Is there any more rats about? Yep, there's more rats. There's presumably an infinite amount of rats because we're so close to the sewers. There was a large rat. Yeah, and they're only one XP each, so they're not 
All right, I'm back at the entrance now, having slain the devourer and prowled the sewer tunnel beneath the cellar. You think you should climb out and report your success to Midland. All right, climb out the cellar. A few minutes later, you're standing in the cluttered front room of Midland's shop. The white-haired shopkeeper rubs his bony hands together and grins as you describe for him the source of the noise coming from the cellar. His eyes widen and he grasps when you tell him that you went down into the sewers and defeated the devourer, making certain this creature will no longer plague him or anyone else. Remarkable, he says, his demeanor suggesting he now regards you with a completely different light than when you first stepped into the shop. I'm glad I had you down here, and not one of those never-do-wells, those company you see fit to tolerate. Well done. Yes, very well done. Rigrund leaves the womb and returns less than a minute later, holding a bag of gold. Got bag of gold, which he promptly presents to you. Two hundred gold tokens. I believe that's the standard cost of doing business with your illustrious outfit, he says, smiling. I'll not soon forget this. Thank you. With payment in hand, you make your way back to the eastern section of the city, where, in the cluttered confines of the Silver Quest's headquarters, you announce the job's success. Paid you, did he? Piffin smirks as he goes back to his examining a scroll tacked to the sur- surface of the table by the, by the door. A devourer? Asked Teak. Are you sure it wasn't a carnage crawler? In the dark, they look quite similar, you know. I'm surprised you returned so quickly, said Iswidar, as he fiddles with one of the straps on the back of a leather shield. Well, at any rate, it's a job well done. The silver crest is back on the prowl and in fine form. Determined to ignore the somewhat obvious indifference displayed by your companions, you settle in next to the hearth as Iswidar and Prithun begin preparing supper and arguing over whose turn it is to tap the next cast of ale. With the sound of their friendly blanter winging in your ears, you drift off to sleep, bathed in the peaceful, reassuring glow of the fire. That's 384 experience to general. And that finishes this adventure. Of course, there are more right here. The next adventure is called North Moss Cave where a report of a glowing bear leads you to Sharpwood Farm, north of Twithick. Hmm, should I do that now? You know what, I'll do that one now. Start it. Embark on this adventure. A note tacked to the wall just inside the front door is covered with a large, largely illegible scribbling that your fellow member of the Silver Quest, Teak, seems fit to pass off as writing. You stand for a moment and stare thoughtfully at the message called on, clawed on the sprinkled piece of paper. Clawing bear up by sh- up by Sharpwood Farm. Told you you would stop by a soup. Have business in Wer- in Mergsville. 
will return soon. Teak. With no sign of Teak, Isquidar, or Prithin to be had, decide to set out at once for Sharkwood Farm, a sprawling swath of fertile acreage just north of the city. Within the hour, you're standing in the well-kept, modest dwelling of Kirin Sharkwood, speaking with the young farmer and his wife, Narilyn, about the glowing bear that had been attacking their livestock. Kirin, who took over Sharkwood farm following the death of his father less than six months ago, tells you the large bear is like no creature of the wild he's ever seen. Nolan agrees with this assessment and is quick to describe for you a pale blue glow that surrounds the animal. A glow it, a glow it is, says Kieran, shaking the head. It's almost ghostly, you might say, but this beast is no ghost. It's got a taste for my herd and make no mistake about it. I've lost three cows just this past week. At this weight, I'll be ruined in another month. Oh no! Not the cows! Where will I get my cheese? And my yoghurt? And my other dairy products? <laughs> Kirin tells you that a couple of days after the first attack, he was approached by a member of Huglart's Huntsman, a band of monster slayers operating out of Migsbrook. The man, never introduced himself, offered to have Hugrat's outfit hunt down the bear. What is Hugrat's outfit or the huntsman? Alright, Hugrat's huntsman. Hugrat's huntsman is the name of a small but accomplished band of monster hunters that operates out of the city of Migsborough in western Tausa. Head by Hugrat, a master archer and conjurer. The group has earned a stalwart reputation over the decade that has passed since its founding. Hmm. Archer and conjurer. What a, what a strange combination. Also, I think that's the first time I've ever had anyone actually else ever mention that they actually use that spear, use the spear of conjuration. Alright, well, I guess destruction, that's implied. Divination, that's probably a lot of those psychic attacks with that. Seen plenty of elementalism. Not sure if we've seen anyone else use fortification, but yeah, probably. We've seen lots of gating. We had the whole wing of illusion, plenty of necromancy. We've seen a few people use restoration. With the whole proving grounds of people using shadow magic. What telekinesis? Has anyone other than me used telekinesis? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I can't think of any right now. The group has earned a stalwart reputation over the decade that has passed since its founding. Alright. We've always worked with the quest for things like this, says Newland. Kidwin's father would never have thought of hiring on above the quest, and neither shall me. We explained this to the man, who seemed most put off by it. 
You think you can help us? asked Kieran. Someone's got to do something about that bear. And I wager, and I'd wager my last piece of gold. You're just who we need. You answer in the affirmative. Seems to affect an immediate sense of relief upon, upon the young couple. Kerwin tells you that it is known bears to take up residence in a cave in the forest to the north of his furthest field. While he does not know for certain the glowing bears coming out of the cave, you agree that the location is the best place at which to begin your investigation. Some here call it Treasure Cave, he says, struggling. My father always called it North Moss Cave, and that and that's the name we use for it. Never been in there, and I don't have any notion to enter it. My father claimed to have explored some of it, but sadly I can't recall much of anything he might have told me about it. You call Kidwin and Niflar, Nivlain, Nivlain, that you will find and deal with the glowing bear, they've reported. They thank you and ask you to keep them informed of your progress. With that, you bid the couple farewell and set off on your way. You'll find the North Moss Cave under nearby locations for Sharpwood's Farm. Sharpwood's Farm, operated by Quid and Lowen Sharpwood, is a sprawling swath of fertile acreage just north of Twithick. A number of the servants and labourers in the employ of the Sharpwoods reside in a cluster of small houses on the eastern edge of farm. If I seek them out, Kieran and are happy to see you and immediately inquire about what you've discovered in your investigation. Uh, nothing. <laughs> I, just came, I just came back immediately afterwards. When he concludes your account, they thank you before heading out to tend to the many toils that await them in every corner of the sprawling farm. You bid them farewell and prepare to set off on your way. Alright, travelling. So, Northwood Sharkwood's farm is near Twithick, and Northmark's cave is near Southwood's farm. I think both of these... Will, disa will disappear from the list once the adventure is done. Visit North Moss Cave. You're standing in the forest just to the north of one of the sharp wood farm's farthest fields. Before you, set into the base of a mossy hill, is the shadowy, gaping bore of a cave. According to Kirid Sharpwood, while the cave is called Treasure Cave by some, he, like his father, always referred to it as North Moss Cave. Enter the cave. You're standing just inside the cave. To the east, a broad, damp, gently sloping passage descends into the darkness. Okay, I'm in the northwest part of the cave. You cautiously explore the dark, twisting passages of North Moss Cave. You freeze in mid-step. As a ghostly blue glow suddenly appears out of the gloom ahead, your pulse begins to waste as the source of the strange light, a glowing wolf, comes into focus. You instinctively draw yourself into a combat-ready stance as the glowing creature rushes forward and attacks. It's a glowing wolf. The glowing wolf viciously attacks you. Keeps doing that. 
and is slain. 23 XP. A bright flash of blue light floods the cave, and the glowing remains of the slain wolf suddenly disappear. Hmm. Hmm. No remains. Curious. After taking a few moments to recover from the fight, you once again resume your exploration. No remains. Are all these wolves illusions? Conjurations? Some sort of air elemental made into a wolf shape? Because regular wolves, they leave bodies. I'm quite familiar with that to all the wolves I've dealt with. That is, well, Zoop is familiar with that, I'm not. You freeze in mid-step as a ghostly blue shadow suddenly appears out the gloom ahead. Your pulse begins to waste as a source of the strange light, a glowing wolf, comes into focus. You instinctively draw yourself into a combat-ready stance as the glowing creature rushes forward and attacks. This is a... Glowing Wolf, begin combat. Viciously attacks you. And I go into battle rage. Start making sense! 23 XP. A bright flash of blue light floods the cave passage. And the glowing remains of the slain wolf suddenly disappear. After taking a few moments to recover from the flight, you once again resume your exploration. Okay. Okay, this is a very twisty dungeon. You freeze in red step as a ghostly blue glow suddenly appears out of the gloom ahead. Your pulse begins to waste as the source of the strange light, a glowing hylobore beetle, comes into focus. You instinctively draw yourself into a combat-ready stance as the glowing creature rushes forward and attacks. Begin combat with the glowing hylobore beetle viciously attacks you, but it's still slain for another 23 XP. A bright flash of blue light floods the cave passage, and the glowing remains of the slain Hylobore beetle suddenly disappear. This is quite odd. So taking a few moments to recover from the fight, you once again resume your exploration. Alright. You freeze in mid-step as a ghostly blue glow appears out of the gloom ahead. Your pulse begins to waste as the source of the strange light, a glowing armoured scavenger, comes into focus. You instinctively draw yourself into a combat-ready stance as the glowing creature rushes forward and attacks. It's a glowing armoured scavenger who viciously attacks you, but is still slain. 23 XP. A bright flash of blue light floods the cave passage and the glowing remains of the slain armoured scavenger suddenly disappear. After taking a few moments to recover from the fight, you once again resume your exploration. Alright, now, are those? Nope, nope, they're not, they're not at particular places. They're actually random. It's another glowing wolf. Just gonna give that a bash. The savage bite of your enemy tears into your flesh for eight damage. 
Now I go into Battle Wage and finish it off. How many of you are there? Silly growing, glowing quitters. Another glowing wolf. And just bashing it out. And it is slain. Another 23 XP. Okay. A glowing armor scavenger. Quick combat that. 23 XP. Okay, now I'm generally making my way east. Okay, it's a glowing wolf. Quick combat that. Another 23 XP. Okay, it's getting... Your progress along the cave passage comes to an abrupt halt as a lone, lamp-bearing figure steps around the corner just ahead. The leather-clad man, his left hand holding up a lantern, and his right hand clutching the hilt of a short sword, is obviously startled by your sudden appearance. Without hesitation, however, he casts aside the lamp and rushes at you, his blade poised to crush, cut you down. Okay, now this is suspicious. Okay, so we've got these glowing monsters and a man. Begin combat with the sword-wielding man. The man slashes at you with his short sword. Gonna take him down. And he is slain. 23 XP. You step back from the bloody, lifeless body of your foe and spend a few moments checking over your gear and listening for any sign of movement along the cave passage. A quick search of the man's remains turns up his sword and several other items. Well-crafted short sword, sturdy scale, scale sleeves, 19 gold. Convinced you haven't overlooked anything, you once again set off through the gloom. Okay, hmm. Nope. It's another glowing wolf. Take that. Now, was that... Was that sword-wielding man a random combat? It's a glowing Hylobore beetle. Comes into focus. The glowing Hylobore beetle viciously attacks you. And is slain. For another 23 XP. Alright, all that XP is starting to add up. Yeah, the, the passage, the caves. I'm making my way slowly to the east. The the cave kind of weaves in and out. There you got that little yeah. The progress along the cave passage comes to an abrupt halt as a lone lamp faring figure steps around the corner just ahead. The chain clad woman, her left hand holding up a battered lantern, with her right hand wielding whipping the hilt of a mace. Grasped in shock upon catching sight of you. Without hesitation, however, she tosses down the lap and charges at you. Her weapon poised to strike. It's a mace-wielding woman. Hey, I've got a mace too. Can we be Can we be mace? Can we be mace siblings? No. Okay, I guess it's to the death then. So, gotta kill her too, even though she is my mace sibling. The woman curses as she swipes at you with her mace. Oh, naughty, naughty. You're cursing. And now you're dead. 23 XP. 
you step back from the bloodied, lifeless body of your foe and spend a few moments checking over your gear and listening for any sign of movement along the cave passage. A quick search of the woman's remains turns up her mace and several other items. Sturdy mace and a couple of other bits of loot. Gonna have to sell them next. Convinced you haven't overlooked anything, you once again set off through the gloom. Oh, six gold too. Okay. Filling in the cave is a sword-wielding man. Without a moment's hesitation, however, he throws down the lamp and rushes forward, his sword cutting a deadly arc before him. Swings his sword at you. Yep, just swinging. Wee sword! And is slain. Another 23 XP. You step back from the bloody, lifeless body of your foe and spend a few moments checking over your gear and listening for any sign of movement along the cave passage. A quick search of the man's remains turns up his sword and several other items. Superior long sword. Oh, my inventory is full. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop these two sturdy halberds then, because they they weigh a lot, but they don't sell for that much. Superior long sword. Some other loot. Fourteen gold. Convinced you haven't overlooked anything, you once again set off through the gloom. All right, is there? Are these? Are these these sword are these people combats? Hmm. Have, have I? Hmm, I'm wandering around a bit. I think I might have got all the gl. Or I might have just might have just depopulated this cave now. Okay, making my way east. Okay, let's see. There's. A little passage to the east and a little passage that loops round further to the east. I'll do the little passage first. A large iron banded wooden chest sits against the back wall of this natural alcove. The chest lid is closed and locked. The chest lock place, a smooth square of silver. There's several and great etchings of several different dragon species. You can use the particular item you can use here. Don't think I have it. So I can use telekinesis, shadow magic, conjuration, or thievery. Hmm. Hmm. I'll use shadow magic as the most chance of success. Despite it's failed. Despite a valiant effort, you're unable to lock the chest. Okay. Now I can move on to the other options. Fortunately, I didn't break the chest in the process. Okay, tele... Ooh, about conjuration? <laughs> well, give that a go. That can probably just get me the key directly. Failed. Despite a valiant effort, you're unable to unlock the chest. Okay, telekinesis. Succeeded. 24 experience to telekinesis. You channel your power telekinesis and focus it on the keyhole set into the centre of the silver lock plate. 
Almost at once, the sound of rattling tumblers reaches your ears. A moment later, a sharp click signals your success. You carefully lift the lid and peer down into the large chest. The chest contains... Oh, dear. That's a lot. A large assortment of items. Oh, I should have... Oh, dear. I don't have nearly enough room to... To store them all, I'll start at the bottom where the best stuff is. Okay, I'm gonna gonna have to drop some stuff. Drop this sturdy mace. Drop this well-crafted two-handed sword. Alright, drop this leather breast breastplate. Uh, drop the padded gloves. Gonna drop, drop the bone boots. Drop the studded leather boots. Okay, now I'll see how much I can get. Alright, there's a few more things to get. Okay, I've got I've got all the really hmm, abandoned gauntlets. They're worth getting. What else can I drop? What else? Hmm. Common chain belt. Okay, there we are. Okay, that's probably should have left the dungeon as soon as I filled up. Because this is one of the dungeons you can go back to. Also, 58 gold. Yep, that's why you should sell your equipment very regularly. And also store store anything that you're not using, but you don't want to sell because it's unique. Like the Amulet of Quietus. Probably storing that somewhere. At last, having completed your examination of the chest and its contents, you prepare to set off on your way. Okay. Now let's just hope <laughs> I don't get any more loot. It's another sword wheel. Your progress along the cave passage comes to an abrupt halt as a lone, lamp-bearing figure steps around the corner just ahead. The man, clad in studied leather, his left hand holding up a rusted lantern and his right hand gripping the hilt of a sword curses upon catching sight of you. Without hesitation, however, he casts the lamp aside and charges at you. It's a sword-wielding man. Swipes at you with his blade. And I go into battle wage. Look, I'm here to slay monsters, not people. Duh! 23 XP. You step back from the bloodied, lifeless body of your foe and spend a few moments checking over your gear and listening for any sign of movement along the cave passage. A quick search of the man's remains turns up his sword and several other items. And I don't have room for any of them. And also 19 gold. Convinced you haven't overlooked anything, you once again set off through the gloom. Fortunately, gold 
doesn't weigh anything, apparently. Okay, I'm now finally got to the eastern edge of the dungeon. Now I'm making my way north. And in the very northeast corner is the final square, where presumably whatever the heck's going on here will finally be answered. The, pa the passage widens and you suddenly find yourself on the threshold of a large chamber. The back of the chamber, his back turned to you, is a man in blue and grey robes, leaning over a wooden table. The remains of several armoured scavengers, high, high boar beetles and walls lie strewn across the chamber's damp, uneven floor. So, wait. Did, did he teach these animals how to astrally project themselves or something? Or are these ghosts? No, 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 they're solid. They're solid. They're not ghosts. Oh, he's done. He's done something weird. Stop doing this weird thing. It's dangerous and confusing. Suddenly, the robed man, his face punctuated by a long, grey braided beard, spins to face you. It was easy to discern that your presence unnerves him and manages to arrange, compose, as he addresses you in a soft but chilling voice. What are you doing here? He asks, moving around to the front of the table. No matter. You will not be leaving. With that, the robed man thrusts his clasped hand above his head, and a dazzling blue glow instantly envelops the tangle of bony digits. Fearing he's attempted to summon some sort of deadly magic, you're about to charge forward and attack when a loud, glutteral snarl echoes throughout the chamber. House of the gloom that hides the far side of this immense space charges a massive, glowing bear. Ooh, finally! The bright aura of blue that surrounds the fearsome creature is identical to the glow bathing the knotted hand of his cruel summoner. Oh, wait. Did, did the animals just teleport back to him when they're done? So he can bring them, resurrect them again or something? You quickly draw yourself into a defensive stance as you prepare to engage the bounding bear. It's a massive glowing bear. The glowing bear bellows as it savagely attacks you. And I go into battle rage. Yeah, what took you so long? I wanted to slay you out of the start. Bellows as it savagely attacks me. Still a free plus. Easy peasy. Your enemy smashes through your defences with a devastating blow for 28 damage. Okay, maybe I shouldn't have said easy peasy. Savagely attacks, another devastating blow for 36 damage. And then another for 26 damage, yeah. Definitely don't say easy peasy. Because then you get a lot of special attacks. But still. Even though it took off about half my health, it is slain. 40 XP. A bright flash of blue light floods the chamber, and the glowing, glowing remains of the slain bear disappear. As the glow fades, 
you suddenly realise there was no longer any sign of the world man whose magic either summoned or created the fearsome creature you just engaged. A quick search of the chamber turns up no further sign of the world mage. On the table at which he'd been standing, you discover a silver, dragon-shaped key tied to a thick length of string. Deciding it may prove useful, you probably take possession of it. It's the dragon-shaped key, view. This silver key is shaped to resemble a winged dragon. Presumably, that's what would open the chest if I didn't use telekinesis on it after failing to use conjuration and shadow magic. Satisfied that the chamber contains nothing else of any particular interest and you've eliminated the glowing bear that had been plaguing Sharkwood Farm, as well as as well as discovered what's behind it, prepare to make your way out of the cave. Okay, I'm just gonna heal from that fight. Alright, now to make my way to the west. Quite a long way, do 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 Are we've been on a bear hunt. We've been on a bear hunt. The bear has been hunted, and now it is gone. We've been on a bear hunt. Okay. Hmm. The fact that I didn't automatically just leave. Hmm. That sort of suggests to me there's something waiting at the entrance. Let's see. You're approaching the mouth of the cave when you suddenly spot a figure sulking through the gloom the edge of the passage. The figure emerges from the shadows and steps onto your pool of light. Once again, you find yourself face to face with the woad-bearded man you first encountered only a short while ago. Without a word, the sinister mage thrusts his white hand towards you, unleashing a broad arc of lightning that misses you by mere, in, mere inches, unwilling to allow him the opportunity to gather his strength for a second blast. You charge forward and attack. It's a robed mage. The robed mage unleashes a small arc of lightning. Tines of blue lightning strike you as your enemy unleashes a deadly energy attack. Foot night damage. Okay, maybe not that deadly. Uh, so yes, you're, you're not as you're not as deadly as your bear. That was a good a good bear you made. But I'm I'm killing you. I'm gonna kill you. Fight to the death and all that. You've slain your foe. Twenty three XP. The robed mage is dead. You lean down on his lifeless body and search for his belongings eager to lay your hands on something that might help to identify him. Though you don't find anything that serves to reveal the man's name or purpose. Your search turns up the following. Ooh, sturdy mace out of the sleeve, that unidentified platinum wing. Oh, I don't have space for that. Well, I can't be having that. Just going to drop this spiked club to make room. Take the wing. Okay, I'll do. Without further delay, you prepare to make your way out 
of the cave. Oh, we've passed an hour now. You step out of the cave and into the bright light of the forest, thankful to have completed your mission and eager to leave behind the dank gloom of North Moss Cave. You promptly set out on the relatively short trek to Sharkwood Farm. Kirid, Kirid and Yerhim are overjoyed when you relate to them the success of your mission. They are quite taken aback, however, when you reveal what you discovered in North Moss Cave. As you describe the bearded man, who is apparently summoning all manner of glowing creatures, including the massive bear, Kirin's eyes widen and he gasps. That was the very man who offered the services of Hongrat's huntsman, he cries. No dear nods, and then, quite unexpectedly, bursts into laughter. Quite a scheme they cooked up, isn't it? She laughs at last. Her eyes tearing at the unpleasant sound of her laughter begins to ebb. Could you imagine such a thing as that? I suppose that's one way to keep yourself busy. At length, you take your leave of Kirid and Lala, who not before the young farm presses a pouch full with gold, filled with gold into your hand. Two hundred gold tokens. I suppose that will square us, he says, meeting you in a shoulder cross. As I said before, Zoop, the quest has always stood by Sharpwood Farm. And we'll always stand by the quest. Thank you again. Not long after parting ways with Kurid and Nalan, you're back in the cluttered interior of the renovated tavern that has long served as the headquarters of the Silver Quest. There, two of your fellow quest members, Prithim and Isquidar, playfully admonish you, having taken on the task at Sharpwood Farm without first consulting on Sultian. You might have seemed fit to ask us about it, smirks Pritham. Of course, adhering to the assumption that the premise for you to accept any and all, the premise is for you to accept any and all glory, well, you see your actions were justified. And you've done quite right by yourself, Isquidar, Echoing the half-serious tone of his long-time friend and companion, chimes in, asking it was, how you found out about the dire circumstances that beset the Sharkwoods? Oh, Teak left a note. Left it for you, I suppose. Well, perhaps he needs a bit of a reminding that is, this is, apart from what it may, may seem, an enterprise based on, well, no matter really. Good showing, Zoop. The Sharpwoods are fine, rugged folk. This part of the world could use a few more of their sort. Prithin smiles, winks at you, and, sl- and clap- slaps your shoulder as he fetches three ales from a newly tapped cask. Then, the three of you place yourself in front of the fire and settle in as you begin to account for your comrades the details of your adventure in North Moss Cave. When you've concluded your account, Prithrin rises from his chair and leans against the mantel. He reaches for the iron poker and prods at the fire as he stares into the dancing flames. An interesting bit about the huntsman, he says, looking first to you and then to Isquidar. I've long realised that a certain rivalry exists between us. We've not thought it would come to this. 
Still, I dare say, it shouldn't surprise me. Bring Hundrak as we do. Hardly surprising, City Squid are frowning. How, how Hundrak hasn't run afoul of the bad sort. Of a bad sort and, and been taken to task by now is quite beyond me. Well, in the end, we came to the aid of some... We've come to the aid of someone in need. That's all that really matters. I'm sorry for the cow's sharp loss. Maybe I'll help him out a bit. I'd like to hear what Teak thinks about all of this when he gets back. As Prithrin busies himself fetching more ale, you stretch your legs out towards the fire and close your eyes, content, even if just for a lingering moment. Filling your moment to enjoy the peaceful quiet of a place that seems almost removed from the unpredictably and all too common indifference of the wider world. That finishes this adventure for 512 experience to general and 32 experience to all skills and powers. And that is that. Two more adventures have now been unlocked. Just going to save now. And next time, you'll find out what they are. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.